Welcome to a very mindful podcast. I'm your host Aurelian, and in this episode, I speak with David Earhart, an associate professor of international development at Leiden University College, whose passion for learning and teaching led him to develop the Learning Mindset Journal for university students. Together, we discuss the process of learning and the importance of making mistakes the power of journaling in learning how to think. We talk about the relative importance of grades relative to other measures, advice to students to make the most of their years at university, and many other topics. It was a pleasure talking with Professor Earhart. So here it is. Enjoy. I'm sitting here with uh, Professor David Earhart, a professor that I know from my own university, Leiden University College. And uh, yeah, we're going to be speaking about a project that he's been leading uh, called the Learning Mindset and um, all that that encompasses. And so first, I'd like uh, I'd like to ask you, David, to just introduce yourself briefly and yeah, tell us what you've been doing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so I am an Africanist by training. I teach uh, African politics and development studies at Leiden University College. But as a teacher, I've also become interested in learning and how students learn and how we can help students as teachers to, to, to sort of learn most effectively. And yeah, that I think is how I got to the project of the learning mindset. Um, and with, with the, I think, the basic idea that what I was seeing in the classroom is... I was seeing a lot of students who were trying to do really well, who, who were trying to perform, right? Who, who were trying to get good grades. Uh, and so in that sense, they were trying very hard. But what I wasn't seeing was st students who were, or, uh, some of them, <laughs> most of them weren't, students who were trying to get good at something, which I think is something slightly different, right? So I, um, because, for example, if you want to get good at something, you, you often have to get bad at something first, right? Then you, you have to go through a learning curve and you can't immediately do something well. And I think that's, that was the sort of realization that like, I, I need to help students um, to get into this mindset of how do I get better at something? How do I really learn something? And that I think was the starting point of, uh, of the Learning Mindset Project. Yeah, I, I think you're very right in your observation in students that we're often too focused on the, the final product and getting, getting our degree and getting good grades above, you know, putting actual learning and, and growth uh, behind it all because that is what we are here for right at university we're not just here to get the stamp although the stamp is it, it's valuable in itself but then above that right what what are we aiming for as students we're aiming really to to well to think critically and to be able to learn perhaps not what to think but more than that how to think right and garner these tools I'm I'm almost kind of sad that I didn't participate in the uh, learning mindset more this year because unfortunately it wasn't well fortunately or unfortunately it wasn't compulsory for students uh, yet <laughs> no. as I understand it. No. Uh, so but but it is it is a, a good effort to kind of make us realize as students again like what are, what are we doing what what are we aiming for and how can I how can I effectively. Uh, how can I effectively achieve that given that things don't just happen by themselves? You need to put in the effort, right? 
So no, this is true. And so it's it like you, you say that the stamp is important and the stamp is important. I mean, that's that's partly what being a university is about. It's opening up opportunities for later. But the stamp is not so hard. Right. The stamp <laughs> like to get the, to get the stamp. Like, I mean, you, you need to do your work, but it's not. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that won't cost you all of those sort of studying hours through, throughout those three years. And I think a much better and a much nicer way to look at university is as a quite unique few years where you get to choose what you want to do and how you want to develop yourself, right? And that doesn't really come back very easily. Uh, I mean, you can find it later on in life, right? You can you can choose to have these moments again. But here, it's organized for you. Everybody expects you to do this, right? Everybody expects you to spend three or four or five years just developing yourself. So it would be a huge waste to, to think of it as getting the stamp um, only, Um and, and it's, it could be, yeah, because there's so much more that you can do here, right, that you can mm-hmm. do in those years. Uh, and it really is unique. And you don't see this, I think, when you when you are a student. I didn't see it when I was a student. I was like, ah, oh, this is normal. And it yeah, it is normal, but it's not normal for the rest of your life. I mean, by now I have a job, I have kids, and I have a job where I can do things that I love and I where I do still have the opportunity to develop myself. But it's it's much harder. Um, it's much harder than in the context of, of a university. So so that, I think, is is... Yeah, that's part of the mindset I think that we're trying to communicate to students. This is a time when you can, when yeah, it's such a unique moment, right? Try to try to use it more. Um, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's more about the exploration of still seeing what what you can be because there are just there are so many doors still open at this stage where you you may think that you have an idea where you want to go. But it's kind of, it's impossible to predict those things, right? It's like, you, you never expect to, to land in a certain field or, or a certain occupation. And then before you know it, you're, you're in it because that's how life took you. And so, so yeah, what I, what I try to say as well on, on, uh, on, in a previous podcast episode, uh, uh, I, I talked about uh, student learning uh, and student growth and what to bear in mind, what students should maybe more bear in mind throughout their studies. And that is exactly that, to take more risks and take themselves a bit less seriously, right? Like we we often think, oh God, uh, beginning a podcast for, for myself was a little bit of a challenge at first. You're thinking, what can I possibly say for an hour or a half an hour? How, who am I to say anything really? But you just have to start it and then you'll see that over time you get better at things. And so I took a risk, but it, it pays off. And especially early on, the risks pay off, right? Especially because you still have all this time to, first of all, discover what you might not have known you're good at, but also then develop that skill further. And the, the earlier you do that, really, the more advantages you have over other people, because obviously, the more you wait, the the less you're learning at the moment. So might as well, might as well start now, right? Yeah, no, very true. And when you're younger, your brain is also more plastic. So you can actually develop much more, <laughs> much, much more easily, I think, than when you're older. So it's still possible. But so you're highlighting, you're highlighting, like, I've been told it's still possible. When you're older, but yeah, we'll see. Um, the you're highlighting a couple of things that actually are central to to what we've developed as a as as part of the learning mindset and so indeed part of it is uh discovering what you want and prioritizing and 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 indeed it's exploring different fields exploring different things that you can develop but then and this is where indeed taking a risk and what you're saying with the podcast also or learning how to how to do a podcast also also uh comes in that just do it 
um, once you have decided, okay, I want to learn how to do a podcast, I want to learn how to write better, then you you indeed have to put in the time, right? You, you do then have to become systematic about, okay, wh what is it that I'm learning here? Okay, I, I have a bunch of skills that go into making a podcast. I need to know how to record audio. I need to practice with my voice. I need like mic technique. I need all kinds of like basic things um, and, and actually some not so basic. And I need to learn, like I need to learn them, right? I need to teach myself in some way. And I think that's that's when you're getting into this learning mindset. You have a goal that you want to get better at, and and you're starting to think systematically. Okay, how 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 do I get better at this? Right? How do? And I think a lot of us, at least I did, had this when when we were younger. Like when we had sports or stuff that we wanted to learn, or music instruments, or then then it's much more natural to be to be less concerned about the performance and less concerned about I want to do well and more concerned about how, how am I going to get better at this? How am I going to run a bit faster? How am I going to be better at football? How, and, and I think then it's much, much more natural to think about, okay, who do I ask for help? Right? Where can I find a good trainer? Where can I find a teacher? Where, where is there a methods book that I can like take me that, that takes me through exercises that helps me get better? And that's the so that's the spirit like the the, the spirit of the learning mindset the the, the idea and it, and it's very simple. It's it's saying that once you've figured out what you want to get better at, um, you need to make your goal specific. You need to figure out like what what that thing consists of so you need to take like for example podcasting you need to t like p tease apart all the different components of what it requires to be a good podcaster and then you need to systematically practice at, at sort of getting better at these things and what that requires is practicing and getting feedback and then going back to the goal setting and practicing and getting feedback and back to the goal setting it's that cycle mm -hmm. that i think is central to learning right uh and I mean, learning of the kind of really getting better at something, right? Learning of the kind I want to see the world or I want to know a little bit more about what the world... That's a different kind of learning. That's more free-flowing free, like free -flowing and fluid and you, you, you go with the flow and you see what happens. But if you really want to get good at something, this is the way to get there. And there's tons of evidence that says exactly this, right? You, if you want to get really good at something, this is the way to get there. Right. Um, and so that's the kind of mindset that we're pushing, uh, this, this learning cycle of goal setting and practicing systematically, deliberately, mm -hmm. as it's called in the literature, uh, getting feedback on it and then going back. Right. Yeah. You, you actually, um, discussed parts of this in, uh, a few podcast episodes that you made yourself, uh, for the learning mindset, uh, and especially yeah. the cycle of making mistakes, learning from them, going on and, and in a cycle and then, uh, and then yes, advancing, that's how you advance. Right. Um, and so, yeah. And, and you explain that in there that, uh, that it makes more sense, uh, or it's, it makes failure more meaningful, right? Uh, because too often do we see failure as oh, a barrier that cannot be overcome and then, okay, I, sh I should better do something else then. No, no, no. Failure is there for the reason that you did something wrong, but if you learn from it, you don't have to continue doing the same thing wrong. So it doesn't have to be yeah. a reflection of your value. It can be just a reflection of where you are right now and where you could be going later. 
Yeah, totally. And this is this was a bit of an eye opener for me. I, I was very grade conscious as a student. I mean, I, I got good grades, but I was also very aware of them and I hated getting bad grades. And I like I, I still don't deal very well with failure. And so I was actually a little bit. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, I, um, I was actually a bit amazed by this. Uh, and it's research showing that some people are just are quite open to failure. And they actually it's sort of it's sort of like an, yeah, an attitude, a mindset, whatever you want to call it, where indeed they think like, like, okay, I failed. I got some useful feedback on this. I can do better. And 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 that is indeed a really powerful side effect, I think, of, of being in this learning mindset where um yeah, you're not you're not only getting better at stuff, but you're also much happier with the process in a way. It's it's no longer this anxious, like, oh no, have I have I done well enough, right? Have I done well enough? No, it's like, oh wow, that's wow, I did I did that really poorly, and that was some really good feedback, yeah. and I don't have to do that wrong again. Right. It's a very it's a much nicer way of of sort of yeah, uh, enjoying your learning process definitely, definitely. than the other way around. And that, is, and that is really the point of the learning mindset. Now, I've, I realized we drifted off a little bit of where what it, exactly the learning mindset is, and I'm sure people will want to know that. But just before that, um, just to respond to your, your mindset uh, point, that it, that it really is, a, it's a mindset, it's something that you can develop, right? And um, I mean, yeah. for, for me, at least, uh, it has been... A process of realizing, for, for, again, from failures such as, I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to become a table tennis champion, like I wanted to become uh, number one. But then uh, I, so I, I, I strive to achieve that. I, I went to the national team in Luxembourg. Granted, it's a small country, go. but there you go. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you persevere. But uh, uh, and I, I, I did compete on an international level until the age of maybe fifteen. Um, and then I just realized, wow, like people have such a already an advantage at this age over me that my dream of becoming top two, three people in Europe and let alone in the world is, a, is going to be really tough. Uh, but I always was good at school and I, I wanted to maybe I, I always had multiple interests where, for instance, in uh, the national team, they told me to stop music, concentrate more on table tennis and I would say, no, I, I want to continue music. I want to continue my other passions. Uh, yeah. So, and then, and so what I did was then I, I changed schools from a sports school to a, a regular school. And, uh, and then I tried to, you know, get a good achievement, academic achievements and uh, go to a, a good school such as LUC. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and so by, by realizing, by, by, by learning from mistakes, I, I actually tried to get into Oxford into my, for my undergraduate uh, studies and I, I barely didn't make it. And so again, you, you, you realize, oh, okay, I, I shouldn't take these things really personally. These things happen. Uh, and I, what can I, okay, it's, it's the mindset of what can I learn from this? Well, how, how can I make myself stronger from failure rather than weaker? And so, yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, failure is so inevitable that if you haven't experienced it yet, it's actually, I think, a disadvantage to people. People who've kind of glid through their life. Like, if you haven't really dealt with rejection, with failure, with um, things that have gone wrong, then you, you don't have those tools of how to cope with those things, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's and it is fundamental because it, it it also shows the difference between this this idea of I'm going to get a good grade for this essay versus I'm going to learn a lot from writing this essay. 
because you can't always get the good grade, right? If if that's the case, you don't learn anything because you haven't you haven't gotten any you haven't you haven't failed you haven't gotten any feedback that shows you how to get better at something. You have to fail, right? It's just as you say, it's it's a real disadvantage if you don't fail. Enough. <laughs> um, right. Exactly. And so you're not yeah you're not doing yourself any favors by 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 trying never to fail, right? right? It's much it's much better to to fail a lot early on. Right. I totally agree. Yeah, and you were asking about the the mindset point, right? And, and that it is a mindset. I this is a little we we sort of we haven't shown this scientifically yet. This is the <laughs> this is a bit of an intuition, and we're trying to study this. And this is part of the point of the project. Um, but I do feel that that it is this mindset that I can see in people who really want to learn something. Right? I can you can you can see it. It's a different. They're better. They're, they they deal with failure differently. They're much more open about what what to do and and how to how to input things. They they progress much quicker. They also enjoy the process more. It's much more meaningful to them mm-hmm. because they're really motivated to to do this. Right? Because that's yeah that's where it starts from. It starts from something that, as you you described your own career so far. Right? This is <laughs> it. It starts from things that you really want to do. Uh, and so all of it, make, yeah, it just it just makes for a completely different experience from um, as as a student. Um, yeah, a good than if you're just performing. A good a good example for this uh, would be actually my my mom who uh, is afraid of technology and because it's been advancing so quickly that she can't keep up. And so what happens is that she asks me, okay, how do I pair up my phone to my car through Bluetooth? And I tell her, and she tries to memorize the the steps of okay, I go to settings and I do this and I click on okay, and then I have to pair it with the code. And but she tries to memorize it rather than okay, understand the logic behind how to figure it out. Because as as kids growing up with technology, I I never had to memorize anything. I just understood the the kind of system behind it. Okay, so if something, if, if you want something extra to happen on your phone, you need to go to settings. You need to press on, on like allow something for it to happen because it won't just happen. And so that logic, she hasn't really absorbed that. And so she still stays really stuck behind on technology rather than understand the process behind it. And I, I see that as as the distinction that you make between the people who maybe want to learn it and me, people who want the end product of it working, right? You need both. You need, you need to want to make the technology do what you want to do. But if you want to, if you don't want to keep, you know, uh, keep facing the same problems, you need to understand how it works. And that's really the learning behind it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a difficult example. I think you're right, and and also what it shows is different levels of mastery, right? So, so mm-hmm. the knowing the exact sequence and having memorized the exact sequence of of things to do in particular situations is a different level of mastery than having a, a sort of intuitive sense of okay, if there is this category of problem, this is where I need to go, and I think. Uh, you can only develop that higher level of mastery of sort of this intuitive sense of where to go if you've done quite a bit of this memorizing of different procedures, right? Which I think you've done when you were very little, so it was sort of natural, and that's that's what you learn, right? And, and but but it, you can only get there by do, by doing that. And the nice thing about technology is that it gives you very immediate feedback, right? Because it's immediately wrong, right? You, it just doesn't work, or you can immediately see, oh, this this is well, my, computer, <laughs> my computer is now it's now destroyed, right? So this this didn't work, um, and that's the it's it's the same with 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 video games also, right? They, they're they're designed to give you very quick feedback so you can develop your skills very quickly, but that's much harder with life skills, right? Where you don't get immediate feedback to the things you're doing. Even with the podcast you were describing. So my podcasts are also very much in like an experiment of like, okay, <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about this for so long. I'm not good at it yet, but that's okay because you've got to start somewhere. So let's just start. 
But then they're like, okay, so I, I did that right. I, I set some goals. I start. What I didn't really do enough is get feedback on it, right? So I should have. What I should have done is send it very widely to other people. Um, and I mean, I published it on the website, but I didn't really ask my friends to do it. I didn't. I wasn't. But that would have been that would have been the way to get better much quicker right because then you get feedback and then you get into that loop and you can you can progress much more quickly mm. so you can see the difference i didn't I, yeah i did some things right but some things i was yeah i was mm. still mm -hmm. perhaps a little bit too embarrassed about to, <laughs> to actually do but so that's the difference right you can see the difference where where in, in one case you're really trying to get better quickly and the other one yeah you're, you're trying but ah, you're, you're not taking that next step of uh of of getting the feedback right right well i mean uh by listening to the podcast yourself you probably noticed that you did certain things that you didn't like or for instance for me it was i i would constantly say um uh right i would constantly say right at the end of every sentence just to get that little yeah. uh, it's a nervous thing right there we go <laughs> i did it there again. you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you yeah. only notice notice those things if if again you, you re-listen to them multiple times and you realize well okay. this is yeah this is true no yeah sorry you just there's always little little hooks this is true but at the same time it's something you have to develop over time right so some things you can hear this is true if you make like little mistakes or <laughs> of the, these mm -hmm. kinds of like for for the podcast for example you breathe weirdly um, you can hear those, um, but when the skills are a little bit more complicated, one of the things you have to learn as a as a learner, whatever you want to call yourself, or student, um, is you have to have an image of what it is you're trying to do. So let's take a musician. The musician, when they're trying to play a new piece, they need to develop a mental representation of the piece they're playing in order to be able to really play it well. And that takes time and it takes practice and it takes endless listening. The same with writing. So if you like, this is a great example. I think the number of students who can really self-evaluate their essays by themselves well, mm. that's, that, that's it's not huge, right? It's, it's a difficult skill to do. And what already helps is if you have a rubric so you, you can compare it to something, right? You have criteria that look, you can look for. But think about your own writing. So it's not so easy to really analyze your writing well, partly because, yeah, you're not the master writer yet, right? So, so, and this is this is why you need teachers. This mm -hmm. is why you need trainers who not only know what 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 it is, what it looks like, that, what you're aiming for, what really good writing is, or really good podcasting, whatever it is that you're trying to learn, but who also can tell you, okay, you can't even like you seem to miss the hoop when you're playing basketball all the time. Your problem is whatever you're not wearing glasses or no that's not your, your problem is your your right arm is too weak so actually you should go into the gym for for, for three months and 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 work on those muscles and then come back and then you'll be fine mm -hmm. but you wouldn't have known that right you wouldn't have, you would have you would have just kept shooting and and maybe that would have increased your muscles but maybe not maybe that wouldn't have been the right thing to do and so you need somebody else to help you not only develop the image of what it is you're producing but also like help you identify the steps that you need to take Yes, you, you need another perspective to your own to overcome certain yeah. biases that you don't see, but that, yeah, that yeah. are there. But so um, I want to ask you about the learning mindset and the things you've been, you've been doing uh, uh, this past uh, semester. And so what exactly do students do in your sessions or, or uh, what exactly happens behind the student process? 
Yeah, let me let me give you a rundown of the project. I think that'll help. So the the the, the logic of it is we wanted to get students to think to, to get into this learning process more, right? And to make that a habit that if they really wanted to learn something or they they saw they needed to get better at something, they would get into goal setting and practicing deliberately and, and getting feedback to, to do that sort of automatically almost. One way to do this is through by writing it down, right? Very simply for yourself, keeping track of, okay, these are my goals. This is how I'm going to practice them. This is the feedback I'm getting. And that's how that translates into the next goal, right? And and the way to do that then was through journaling. So this is how we got to, to journaling. And that was the starting point of the project. So we, this is the kind of learning we want to achieve. We want to help students develop. Journaling is going, like we think journaling is going to help them do this in a particular way. Then um, I asked my colleague Caroline Archambault and a, a, a whole, a, quite a big group of students to join me in the project to think about how, right? What, like, what, what, what are we going to actually do with this and how are, how are we going to get students to be interested in this and what, what else is it going to do and is this really the right framing? And, and that was a really nice sort of creative process where uh, the students also had an immense contribution to developing actually what it was going to look like, partly because um, we needed to think about what 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 was going to be appealing for students, right? How are we going to get students to be motivated for this? And so um, that started September last year. Um, so this was all in Corona. And Corona then added its whole new dimension of well-being. Because, um, I mean, yeah, as, as you know, this was a very isolating experience for, for most students and teachers. And so as this went, kept, kept keeping, I don't know, did, kept not getting resolved and people kept sort of just being stuck behind their computers all the time, we realized that the journaling wasn't just good for uh, getting into that learning mindset and learning that that sort of skill of that, that approach to learning, but it would also be good for their well-being and it would also be good for just just keeping track of your experiences. And, and, and so it became, a, the journaling became a tool for a whole range of different things beyond this, this sort of habit of, of learning in this particular way. And so... What we started doing was working with teachers on the one hand uh, to see if teachers wanted to include a version of the journaling in their classes. And so uh, uh, particularly within GED, because this was the span of controls, span of sort of influence that we had at Caroline and I, they were our closest colleagues and we could convince them to participate. And and actually they were very active and and they really enjoyed it. and so they did in a whole range of ways. They integrated the journaling and this approach to learning in their courses. Then we heard from the students that one of the problems was that they were interested, but they couldn't find the time mm-hmm. uh, to work this into their into their routine. And this is an aspect that at first actually we weren't so clear about. But what we're what we're what we want, what we hope that students can do, is develop this as a habit. And I think that habitual aspect of it. Maybe we could talk about it later also. But that aspect is. Um, yeah, is its own thing. I mean, you, the creating habits is its own problem, right? Quite apart from whether it's journaling or learning in a particular way, it it, it has its. And and I think at at first we weren't quite clear enough on on what that requires, and so we've worked that into the project too. But the students said, "Look, it's it's really nice that it's integrated into the courses. That makes it important. But we don't find we don't find the time to do this. And so we started journaling sessions in the morning. And this was the nice thing, one of the nice things about Corona, where, yeah, I mean, I was behind my computer anyway, so I might as well open open a Teams meeting at a quarter to nine and and sit with students for, for a half an hour to journal. And we just played some music and we journaled. And um, this was more and less popular over time. But over time, I think quite a, quite a few students did show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, the, but." 
so that was nice on in in itself but this was also the approach we had to the project where we know what we want we want to get students to journal more because we think it's good for them we want them to learn at least master this this approach to learning so they can use it if they want um but how this is very open right and, and so we're going to try different things and the journaling sessions i think work to an extent the integrating into courses work to an extent yeah. we then became a little bit more interventionist towards the end of the year in uh, Global Challenges Prosperity, one of the mandatory first-year courses at the end of the first year, where we asked first-year students, where we made an, a participation assignment. So that was yet another way to see if if we could integrate this. Uh, we're, we're analyzing the sort of, we're evaluating that part of the project now. And I mean, it, yeah, mixed, like it worked. And, and there were also more difficult aspects to it. Right. Um, but it's sort of a scattergun approach. Like we're we're going to try to do all kinds of little things and we're, and we're going to see what sticks right mm -hmm. um and so that's the that's that's been the project so far and we're still working with uh, with caroline and uh alina muller and daniela van der brink as a as a as the project team um nice yeah so that's does that give enough of a uh, sort of <laughs> sketch of what the project is definitely, definitely i like you adding in the end uh you know, using the learning mindset for the learning mindset project itself, right? Uh, kind of meta, yeah. meta learning. Um, but yeah. so, yeah, so, so the journaling aspect of it, I want to dive deeper into this. And uh, uh, I mean, for me, journaling, it, it is such a personal thing, right? It's, it's you with yourself and you're, you're kind of having a conversation with yourself almost. And uh uh, and uh, since this is called a very mindful podcast, it is kind of a moment of mindfulness of tuning in, right? Tuning in with yourself and realizing what is going on in there. Uh, because and and that it that may be why uh, doing it first thing in the morning is so useful. Because if you start your day like that and you make it a habit, as you say, um, then you automatically you register what you want your day to be like rather than just being dominated and and just kind of uh be a pond in the chess game and just doing what you naturally do rather than actually okay what what do i want to have things to happen right um and so yeah so so it is a personal process and so this 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 personal aspect of journaling uh, I think it starts with that. It starts with realizing what do I want before anything else, because obviously you can't you can't start by already doing things and already learning things if you don't know what it is in the first place that that you you wanna you wanna do. Um, yeah. So so this yeah. So so journaling really is uh, kind of a, a a keystone habit that you, that that is really important to develop early on. Uh, and and yeah, I mean the fact that it's the, the 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 fact that it took so long almost uh for people to to realize that it, that it might be important for students or that students themselves don't know about it it's kind of a shame right that that it isn't more widespread almost yeah yeah so i i would agree i also think it's a very powerful habit it's a difficult thing to develop i think it's because it's so personal and so this is one of the um there and, and there are different aspects of it that we can talk about separately but first so there is reflection, I think. There have been a lot of interventions in, in teaching that, that are related to this, that are related to journaling, but they're often about um, developing portfolios, right? Developing reflective documents or reflective 
portfolios of uh, either looking back or looking forward and you then present this to your teacher and they evaluate you on your progress or something which i think is very is very good in its own way but it's not quite indeed this thing that you're describing which is and which we have which from the start we've been really sort of adamant about no we don't want this to be something that's judged by others this is your mm-hmm. own learning document right, right? it's your own mm-hmm. and we went a little bit in the, in the other direction with prosperity but that was yeah mm-hmm. uh, just to try it out but we are really quite sort of um, dogmatic about the the journaling has to be your own thing and you have to make it your own habit that's that's meaningful for you uh, because indeed it is part of it is about being mindful, right? Part of it is about like indeed start. You, you described it really well. Just starting your day in a in a mindful, directed way, so it doesn't just happen to you, right? Mm-hmm. You actually do what you want to do in that time, uh, whether it's learning or something completely different, right? But at least you're you're consciously sort of directing it in that in that sense, and that's why early in the morning is important. Um, but it's also personal in that um, it's a reflective piece of writing right you reflect on yourself you reflect on um on what you're learning you reflect on your experiences and this is key because the 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 whole point of the document is from from the learning perspective is processing and but to really process it needs to be it needs to be a document that you want to write in right that works for you and that means it can look very differently uh for different people some people like to draw a lot some people like to do bullet points some people like to write like really complicated long sentences of, of of academic prose in their journals but that has to be your own choice of how to do it um so yes, the importance of journaling and personal journaling is indeed this reflection and 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 the the goal yeah, the prioritizing and the mm-hmm. making meaning aspect. The other aspect I think is the fact that it's writing. Mm-hmm. So I I am hugely convinced of the power of writing, right? It's one of the things that we as humans developed to 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 help. It's one of the, our biggest maybe the biggest technology that we, that we developed. And I I recently heard somebody say, look, you have Ideas you can sort of divide into two categories. One's a notion when you've thought about it and talked about it a little bit, and one's an idea when you've actually written it down. And they are completely different things, right? The notion is not even half an idea in the, in the sense of the, the extent to which it's developed. And I find this too. I find I have something very clear in my head. I write it down. Turns out that it really wasn't so clear. It wasn't connected to anything. Right? It wasn't logical. It wasn't coherent. Writing it down forces you to be... Yeah, to be concrete, to make it logical, to put it specifically into the right words. Um, and so there's something really powerful, I think, about writing. Um, not only to record things, to record your own experiences, but also to process them and to, and to help you think. So to me, that if, you, if you learn how to write better and write more, you, that, you, you mentioned this before, you learn how to think better. Right? That's the way to think better. It's through writing. And I think mathematicians will say... Yes, or math, right? So, so, so <laughs> that's math is also a, a way to teach yourself how to think better, and and potentially even more effective than language. Although that's a, that's a <laughs> but like both both those things are are tools that we have to help us process our thinking, right? To put to put our thoughts down on paper and and really work through them. And I think that's that's part of what, yeah, p- part of the, the reason why journaling I think is so powerful and so important. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, to go back to what you said about uh, uh, that you want you didn't want it to be like a a, a, a uh, sorry what did you say a portfolio a portfolio yes yeah so the sort of portfolio that's that's being sort of assessed because then you get right. you get again into the minds oh it needs to be good right right what are what are the standards it needs to be something that I have to get an A for right. no that's not the right. point you, the, the point is that you that you do this mm-hmm. right that you you wanted to allow um, for for more freedom and to to let it 
let it be less of a formal thing and more of an informal thing because obviously if it's if it's in even if it's not being assessed if if it's being read by your professor in whatever uh, course that you're taking then what tends to happen at least in my experience is that you sometimes maybe adapt what you're saying to satisfy the teacher uh, yeah. which makes it so counterproductive because you're just bullshitting then. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, in the worst case, yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so this was this was precisely the tension we had with Prosperity because we did make the journal mandatory as a participation assignment. We didn't grade the content of it. We just graded whether you did it or not. But even then, a lot of students said, nah, but because you made it an assignment, it's less meaningful for me. And so this is, it's a tension because on the one hand, we do need to get all the students exposed to this, right? And then they can decide whether they like it or mm -hmm. not and whether they want to do but, but so there has to be this moment where everybody is sort of introduced at least to it and they get to practice right. it once or twice. And then they can decide what to do with it later. But that's, yeah, that's the tension we're facing, I, th I think, with the project. And what we're doing now with, with that tension in mind is in Interweek, we're having a really nice sort of project together with the Center for Innovation and also the study advisors, Esli Freyeche, and the Interweek organizers, where we are going to give all the new first years a, a notebook. And then we're going to give them uh, a little book. And there's going to be a website, too, with a prompt for every day. And these prompts are like, are, are sort of, fun deep sometimes not so deep but questions to think and write about uh with with the idea that if students spend 10 minutes or so a day writing that's that's enough right and and they can answer these questions and they will and it will help them with their introduction into OUC, and it will also introduce them to the power of of journaling and i think that's it's another way to to reach all the students but that that is a little bit less directive and sort of uh from the top down uh, than than the the global challenge prosperity solution that we had. So we'll see if that works. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No. Uh, I wish that I had uh, had that in my first year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do actually think it's going to be really fun. We've made it into something really creative. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, to add to your list of why why writing is so important, right? I mean, it forces you to to think more clearly and to to maybe uh, rather than have notions actually make sure that you understand what it is that that you, that you want etc um and to record your your thoughts but also uh it is also a, pr a process of meditation in the sense that you kind of take all your worries or all your concerns that you're having and you transfer them to this physical space right you transfer them to paper and rather than dwelling on those thoughts and concerns throughout the day, since you haven't written them down, and the only place that they can take place is your mind, is that you, you become much more stressed easily if you don't do that, right? If you don't take that moment of, okay, I'm going, I'm going to transfer my thoughts to, to paper. Uh, and what it, yeah, I mean, for instance, uh, a, a funny exercise that I did uh, last semester was, um, I, I think it's called screaming uh it's it's a screaming meditation or something like that and it's basically nice, um yeah. they ask you to, to 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 write down your top three worries what is what is worrying you right now or or just some negative emotions that you're feeling what what is it that is that is worrying you you write that down then what you do is you tear that piece of paper apart so maybe don't do this with your with your journal but <laughs> that's it's just a separate exercise and and then what you do is you you scream as loud as you can at the same time with other students and that releases that tension you kind of say okay i've outsourced 
the problem from my mind to my lungs. And now I'm ready to, to conquer my, my fears and conquer my, my, my worries. And, and the reason why I mentioned this is that by doing this, by outsourcing the problem for your, from your mind to paper, you, you, again, you don't take yourself so seriously anymore. You, you realize, oh, okay, these worries that I thought just consumed me are actually not that big if I think about it. And, and it forces you to look at the steps that you have to take to solve them, right? Rather than just think about, oh, what could go wrong? Let your imagination go in, in really bad directions. Uh, you actually stop doing that and you think, okay, so like, what are, what exactly could I be doing to make this more more achievable? And what, what psychologists have also found is that the students who have the highest grades, for instance, are actually the students who, when they think of this success, they don't think of the image of what that would look like, so the final product, they think of the actual process behind uh, achieving them, right? And so that that... I, again, that, that all ties into journaling. And, and so really the importance of journaling cannot be overstated. Uh, so yeah. thank God that you're implementing this for, <laughs> for first years because it will make their lives much easier. I can guarantee that. Yeah. No, I, I recognize this. This I, and, and actually, you, I mean, we talked about journaling early in the morning because it's good to, to sort of go into your day in the right way. But actually, journaling in the evening can be very helpful to get rid of your whatever whatever anxieties you have. And I'm not a therapist, so you shouldn't take my sort of therapeutic <laughs> advice, like seriously at all. But I do think that there's lots of therapy that's based on this, right? There's lots of therapy about, okay, if you have big worries or anxieties, you should write it down because, well, you get rid of it that way, right? And you can put it aside and you can like physically put it aside. But it also, as you said, I think um, helps to make it smaller. Mm-hmm. And if you write it down, it's no longer this big sort of hellscape of things you have to worry about. But it's actually, oh, no, that it's it's not so bad. Right, I can, mm-hmm. I can deal with that, um, and so yes, that that aspect of, of journaling is also very very powerful. Mm-hmm. So, what what tips would you give people who, let's say, have never journaled before? What 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 are some maybe key takeaways uh, right from the start that like maybe some traps or some some common mistakes with journaling or what, what advice would you give people? Uh, yeah. And so this out? is, this is a great question because it comes to the habit aspect of it. I think the hardest thing about journaling is to actually do it. It's not so because it doesn't matter what you write. And if you do it, you'll figure out your own way of, of, of making this meaningful. But the really big challenge is to actually sit down and do it. And so here, um, this is where the habit research and, the, and sort of that aspect of the project comes in. And, and here, the, the main advice and the best advice I've read so far is start small, be specific, right? So, so set yourself a very specific goal, like I want to write five minutes a day or like really small, right? Or just at least three bullet points. I want to make one drawing because I like drawing and that's the way that I think. Whatever, whatever your goal is, but make it tiny, like the, the five push-ups per, per day kind of tiny, right? Really, really mm-hmm. small, small little goals, but try to do it every day. So that's the first one. And the second one is then find a moment that you can attach it to, that you already do. And this is called habit stacking, right? So you stack the new habit of writing on top of something you're already doing. Um, so one obvious one might be your first coffee in the morning, right? Just do mm-hmm. it then and make sure you just even if it's even if your goal is just put pen on paper and write at least three sentences right every day <laughs> um or write let's say how you're feeling in that moment and that's it but as long as you do that every day it'll mm-hmm. then allow you to later on develop make more of it 
and if you then want to make more of it, yeah, there, there are tons of different options. The one I'm trying now is the, the morning papers approach to journaling, which is you write sort of three pages, whatever. Yeah, this is a bit dependent on the journal you're using. But let's say you write three pages longhand and you, it doesn't matter what you write as long as you fill in the three pages. And this is, again, the same idea of you've got to creativity is there, right? The good ideas are there. You just have to put them down. On, you have to give yourself the opportunity to make them real and to put them down on paper. And I think this is one way to do that. So that works for me, although I don't always make the three pages because then yeah something intervenes and it's actually a bit more work than i thought so i wouldn't i wouldn't start with the morning pages necessarily if you want to build your habit but the yeah i want there there are tons of other if you if you're if you're the bullet journal kind of person you can make your journal look amazing with colors and drawings and whatever and some people really enjoy that so it doesn't yeah then then there are tons mm -hmm. of options but the really big challenge is to get started to, in, to begin with right right and and uh as habits go um it's it's good to not skip more than one day at a time because obviously there will be moments where physically you can't do it at the same time. Let's say you're traveling or whatever. Um, if you have to skip for one day, make sure that the next day you you keep it up again because that because yeah. if you start breaking it, it's it, it's it's the initial movement that takes the most energy with habits. Yeah. And so that that's a good lesson as well. And and. Um, uh, I, I actually, you, what you said earlier reminded me uh, of uh, setting yourself SMART goals, SMART being an acronym for uh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely goals. Uh, so yeah, make sure that you don't overwhelm yourself with too big, uh, too big things. Yeah. Uh, an additional, uh, an additional thing to, to, to be aware of when you're doing habits is that uh, I mean, obviously there are so many, there's so many tips that you can that you can gather. Uh, there, there there are many books on on habits and how you can sustain them, etc. And but one one method, as you said, is the habit stacking. And uh, the reason why that is effective is also because you kind of instantly reward yourself with the hard thing that you're trying to to set yourself to do every day, uh, because the, the 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 habits that you already have are probably ones that are more pleasurable or for instance if you're you're having your coffee you get that little that little you, you're basically signaling to your brain that oh, okay what i'm doing is worthwhile and i should probably repeat this the next day and so it's kind of hacking your own brain in a way uh to yeah and, and one uh, technique uh that that worked for me i don't do this anymore because i don't i don't drink orange juice anymore but what i would do is uh after a run um, well, I would have a lot of water, obviously, but I would make sure that I had a bit of orange juice to yeah. to, to tell my brain, oh, okay, well, wow, you know, I, evolutionarily speaking, um, what happens is that if we had to run earlier um, uh, when we were still, you know, uh, cavemen and etc., uh, we well we, we we had to run somewhere right we had to we had to run for food or run for 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 survival and and one way is maybe running to like a, a fruit tree and so getting that sweet reward it's it sounds crazy but it, it does work and uh, yeah so any whatever it is uh, that you like doing yeah make sure to, to to make the initial process as smooth as possible because as you said it really is just about doing it and not and not doing, you know, expecting yourself immediately to have it all right. Because 
also something that happens uh, with 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 people is, and this is the reason why setting yourself habits for New Year's, etc. Like people usually don't stick to them, and one of the reasons is that they set themselves over ambitious goals. Like, okay, I'm going to, okay, enough with the the pizza eating. I'm going to go to the gym every single day, and I'm going to become fit from one you know from one day to the, the next, and that's unrealistic. So, really, what a person should be doing is to set themselves really tiny little things to start with and expand from there. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and sort of um, um, like a way to describe this that I heard recently, which was nice, would, you shouldn't set yourself the goal to become a mar- like to, to, uh, to, to run a marathon under a particular time. You should set yourself the goal of becoming a marathon runner oh, right? yeah. or becoming a runner. So it's about Definitely. becoming something like, and, and because that's the, and, and then it doesn't matter that you start small because that's the whole point that you become that person who does these things in the morning. You become the person who runs, you become the person who journals and you start to think of yourself in that way. And once you do that, then it's sort of really integrated into, into who you are even not just your actual daily routine, but actually into your identity, which I think was a, was a nice way to describe it. And it's also highlights the importance of habits, right? Because the ha- your ha- like to an extent, your habits make you who you are. So that's that's a big thing, right? That's like it makes you it makes you a good person, a bad person, an effective learner, like mm-hmm. a, a sports person. Like it, it actually changes the you, mm-hmm. and so yeah. that so it's worth so it's worth thinking about <laughs> what right. your habits are and 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 which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to change. And in terms yeah. of the rewards thing, I heard I heard about somebody who. Uh, attached one of these indoor bicycles to their to their laptop to, so that they couldn't watch Netflix unless they were biking. <laughs> <laughs> so that works. That is genius. Yeah. <laughs> I should do that. Yeah, um, yeah no, definitely. Um, I mean, really, uh, at this stage, uh, since we're talking to students, um, it's very easy for students to kind of get into bad habits, right? To, to maybe just uh, not care so much about healthy eating or uh, not care so much about the actual keeping up with uh, your work during the semester and and falling behind. Um, And so I really, really want to stress this point of it, it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't even matter what it is. As long as it's something and you build from there, you'll be amazed how far you come in just through a cumulative growth just in a few a few weeks time you'll feel like a different person and um as you said this identity aspect of you will actually be this different person and to to again use that 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 study of of students who got the good grades weren't the students who imagined themselves as marathon runners they imagined themselves already being the marathon runners and what they would have to do to get there so again make it make it manageable as manageable as possible for yourself um okay so there now we're coming to a question that i i i love asking people um if you could give a piece of advice to yourself uh yourself when you were younger what would you tell yourself to maybe uh, during your studies to, to to develop better Ah, good question. So, I mean, of course, like, um, so I didn't, I don't, I don't think I did too badly as a student. I don't think I made awful choices and some of the choices I'm quite happy about, but the, some of them not so much, but the, the, the real, uh, 
I mean, work-wise, I think my lesson in this, I'm sure this is projected into the project, but work-wise, my lesson would be write more, right? This is like, just just write, just put it on paper, pub- like whether it's for publication or not, it doesn't matter, but it's such a powerful way uh, to, help your th- to help yourself think more. And I spent too much time thinking about stuff in my head or talking about it and not enough actually committing it to paper. And, and I see these people around me who are... Um, yeah, who who do that and who write books and who are, who are, yeah, it it it's, it doesn't only make them more productive, but I also think it, it really helps them. So so I think mm-hmm. yeah, intellectually I should have written more and, and mm-hmm. more quickly. Um, yeah, and the habits point also I think I think there were some habits that maybe I shouldn't shouldn't have shouldn't have developed. But then <laughs> then I had kids and then many of them were sort of eradicated from oh. my system. So that that helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's and there's one thing going forward more, which is maybe important to to realize for people if if you don't already we've had a a ridiculous year right with with corona with with this crazy breaking of all pretty much all the routines that we used to have but it means if in september we go back to normal life there's a moment where you get to reinvent yourself right where you where you have quite a lot of freedom to choose what your habits are going to be and what your life's going to be like and what what aspects of the corona life you want to keep and, and which ones of before and and so i think the worst thing we could do now is jump into like let's go back to how everything was that that would be a real <laughs> wasted opportunity right, right? for for self reinvention and, and i'm i'm actually quite serious that this is and it and it starts pretty much the day cuz you say right you you start habits immediately and they get ingrained and it starts the day you begin again, right? So this is something that you can think about over over summer. It's something the moment you begin again. What do you want your life to be, right? Don't just don't just go through the motions or don't just do stuff unthinkingly. But really, if there is something you want to change or if there's something you want to do better, this is the moment. Um, which I think that, is interesting to sort of keep in mind. That that is a great great piece of advice. Um, I mean, for myself, since I'm. I'm going to be leaving this country to to do a semester abroad. It it already is kind of a a, a yeah. moment of reinvention, but for really anyone uh, coming th- these these next few months of maybe returning to a little bit of what we would call normal before COVID, um, yeah, use this use this time wisely because, um, yeah, as you said, uh, the habits really determine determine your life and uh if you're able to kind of implement new ones and implement new routines at this critical stage you really can make such a big difference so yeah journal about it think about it and uh keep 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 writing that's right Uh, (laughs) okay um any final words for where to direct people to if they're more curious about being guided in this way yeah, so there we have the, the, the Learning Mindset website, learningmindset.org, uh, where most of our materials will be, actually all of the materials will be when, when we make them. So that's the, the main place to go. It also has our contact details. So if you're interested, do get in touch because I love talking about this and everyone else in the, in the team does too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for, for coming on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, found it useful, then please share it with a friend. If you're interested in knowing more about the podcast or other projects undertaken by the Centre for Innovation at Leiden University, then you can find us under Centre for Innovation with the number four in it 
www.centerforinnovation.org. So, centerforinnovation.org. See you in the next episode of a very mindful podcast. <laughs>